0: When I say, can you dig it, put your two hands up like that. Can you dig it? Can, 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 can,
1: can. Here we go. What is up, everybody? We're back with another episode of Can You Dig It? A podcast by SilverScreenAndRoll.com. Uh, I guess not technically by com. It's by SilverScreenEnroll. Um, but, I mean, we're more of a website than anything. I am Christian Rivas, uh, and I am joined, as I am every week, by the wonderful Jacob Rood. Uh, Jacob, a, a good time for Lakers basketball. Um, they they just they can't seem to stop winning, and they're like, what? Is it two weeks, maybe
0: a week away from clinching? Yeah, that's wild. Uh, I saw somebody tweet out their, like, quote unquote, magic number for like clinching the playoffs. Like, it was last week, and it was ten, I think. So we're into single digits now, which
1: it's sick. I'm not right taking
0: now. that for granted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm not taking that for granted because it's been a long time since we've had a real playoff series.
1: And I, I think so. They they asked LeBron James earlier in the season what his stance was on load management. And he said, "As long as I'm healthy, I'm gonna play." Which, you know, <laughs> to each his own on on that on that strategy. The Lakers have certainly needed him on on the court for for games against against lesser teams this season. Um, but you know, I think generally speaking, it's a good strategy. If you if you're healthy enough to play, you should probably play. Uh, but in the, the one caveat he had when he said that was if we clinch at the end of the season, perhaps I'll think about resting a few games. And I'm starting to think he played as hard as he did to start this season because he kind of <laughs> just wanted to have a, games like like uh, Thursday's game against the Warriors where if his groin isn't feeling 100%, he can just go, eh, it's the Warriors. I'll be all right.
0: And, like, I think I said it on this podcast, but – I did say that that was that seemed kind of like the strategy they were using. Like, all jokes aside, is like the the Clippers were kind of pacing themselves and inserting those rest days in throughout the season while the Lakers were like sprinting as hard as they could to build up that lead <laughs> and then using the rest days at the end of the year. Um, so, yeah, I. That's fine with me. Like I joked when he when they announced that uh, he was out, that he probably strained that groin while reaching for another Twizzler at the end of last (laughs) night's game. Yeah, that was crazy. I wrote um, I wrote about it on the
1: website. I don't know why. I just thought, man, how when is the next time I'm going to be able to write about a candy debate in the locker room that is just like (laughs) social media content? Um, I guess it's a thing in the Midwest to, like, prefer Twizzlers over Red Vines because Twizzlers was founded in, in
0: Pennsylvania? I don't know, but I thought... I mean, really I've funny. never had Red Vines, and I've only ever had Twizzlers, and <laughs> I have Twizzlers all the time. Like, I legit... I didn't realize that Red Vines were really... Like, I've seen them, like one like, occasionally at gas stations or something, but, like, I didn't realize it was actually, like, a big thing until last night.
1: Yeah, it is, and, like, I think... I've only ever had Red Vines. Like, they sell them in the giant buckets at Costco. Uh, Do they have a Costco where you
0: live in Indiana, Jacob? Uh, They don't really have Costco's. They have uh, Sam's Clubs, which are essentially the same thing.
1: thing. Yeah. Uh, But the the point is, um, Twizzlers and Red Vines aside, uh, the Lakers are in a good spot to the point where LeBron James would feel comfortable just kicking up a chair and... Having a, a victory red vine, as the tape shows, it is a red vine. Um,
0: red yeah, Arbot but... can have his victory cigars. We'll take our victory red vines.
1: <laughs> Le- LeBron James brought wine to the bench last year, too. I feel like I more players should that. probably do that. Uh But yeah, the Lakers are five games ahead of the number two seed in the Western Conference uh, and six games ahead of the LA Clippers, who are the third seed in the Western Conference. I really hope... The Clippers steer clear of falling any further like the Rockets are only a game back of them and they won against the Grizzlies again tonight uh, or Wednesday when we're recording this. I also don't want the Grizzlies to fall too far because if either one of the trailblazers or Pelicans sneak into that eighth seed. I know we talked about it a bit uh, last time we spoke, uh, but it just would not be fun to
0: have a fun playoff series? Uh, well, Memphis is free falling. Like, I think your hopes are gone. They, they lost by 28 tonight to the Rockets. They are beaten up just an absolute free fall. I'm looking at the box score. Dylan Brooks shot 26 times tonight. <laughs> um, Not they a are, yeah, they are a mess right now. And like, I mean, it's a little bit of uh, – I mean, the Pelicans dealt with this at the beginning of the year, basically, and with all these injuries. So it's kind of coming back around on the Grizzlies just at a much worse time. Um, That Pelican seems scary. Like, uh, I think Wednesday – or Tuesday's game was a good example of what a series against him is going to be like because yeah. I think that the Lakers would win – I would I'm not sure that they would win in a sweep. I don't think it'd go more than six games um they'll win they have distinct advantages, but the Pelicans aren't gonna give up and they're gonna fight it's gonna it's just not gonna be an easy series. It's not gonna be a fun series so um I would say it's almost a certainty that the Grizzlies are not gonna be that team at this point because. They're going to have to absolutely slam on the brakes and turn their season around again yeah. for them to hang on to that playoff spot. Well, I mean, there's still 2.5
1: games ahead, uh, which is not bad. I mean, they, they have a little bit of wiggle room. It, all, it just all depends on how long Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to be out. But I agree. I think the the Pelicans aren't in a, an ideal matchup for the Lakers in the first round just because of how fast they play. Like LeBron James had a play with a playoff like intensity and gets against the Pelicans for them to come out with that win. And granted, Anthony Davis didn't play all that well. Um, I think a he guy like, rough. yeah, <laughs> I think a guy like Zion Williamson is a guy he's going to struggle against. Just like a really sh- strong, smaller guy with a, with a tough base uh, is the type of guy like that. Most big guys are going to struggle with, like regardless of, whether or not they're as skilled as as Anthony Davis. Uh, Frank Vogel <laughs> refuses to go to the pick-and-roll in situations like that. I don't know why. It's maddening. Uh, but this is the same guy that uh, has turned to Rondo in dire moments. So I, I guess nothing surprises me.
0: They still break it out just enough like when they really need it. Like when LeBron kind of iced the game with that layup, it came off a of LeBron AD... Uh, ball screen like there's just they do just enough each game to like it's still there I just legitimately think they're saving it entirely for the playoffs but also like a lot of people struggle with Zion so like it's no <laughs> it's, it, it's no knock on AD really that he struggled with Zion and still he struggled and finished with 21 and 14 yeah that's and an six walks. yeah, for AD yeah 21 14 and 6 is an off night and it very much was but uh yeah, Zion's a matchup problem. That's the first time the Pelicans have had somebody to slow down AD at all. The two games before that, I think he'd averaged 45 points. Um, and so he gives them something to finally stop AD. For the Pelicans, the problem is I'm not sure they can do anything with LeBron. <laughs> like, I was trying to to go through the matchups, and the way the Lakers play with all that size. You want Zion on one of the bigs and Derek Favors on the other, which means either like Brandon Ingram, Lonzo, or Drew Holiday is gonna have to guard LeBron and he's just gonna be we saw last night, like Drew Holiday is a elite defender and LeBron did pretty much whatever he wanted against him. Yeah, I um, if, if I was
1: Drew Holiday, it would have been a fade on site with Alvin Gentry as soon as I came to the, <laughs> the locker room. It's like, what are you doing? Do you want to humiliate me in front of the family and friends that came to see me in L.A.? Like, what, what's your problem?
0: The thing that I found weird is that they just didn't try anything else. Like, yeah. <laughs> they, Drew, They, I think they've used Drew on LeBron some before, but... I mean, obviously, they were going to AD in those previous games. Um, But as soon as it became apparent that LeBron was just going to back him down into the post and do whatever he wanted, like, you would think they would try something. I don't know that Ingram would have been able to offer any more resistance because he's still like a twig, but he has long enough arms that maybe he can contest a little bit more. My thought was they wanted to keep him out of foul trouble, but, like, Mm -hmm. the game was getting away, so they needed to do something, I thought um Josh Hart when he wasn't being dunked on by LeBron I thought could (laughs) offer a, a fairly decent matchup we all saw how well Josh handles guys in the post um last season so I guess that's one of those things they would have to kind of figure out in a playoff series uh but that it's it's areas like that where like I think the Pelicans would put up a fight but they don't really have enough bodies to match up with LeBron and AD. And to be fair, like very few teams do. Like yeah. the Clippers basically are it. <laughs> Which is,
1: I mean, they're they're good, man. I don't know. I whatever. I don't want to talk about that right now. This is gonna be a nice show. <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> talk about the Clippers. Uh, but it, it it amazes me because you talk about teams that have the size to put up with the Lakers. And the Lakers just kind of doubled down on that by signing Markeith Morris. Like, they're doing the Uh exact opposite of what the Rockets are doing. And I think that became clear to me uh, in Tuesday night's post-game press conference with Frank Vogel, where he mentioned something about wanting to play Markeith Morris 2-5. through Uh, And, Jacob, I don't know if you know this, but... (laughs) Marquise Morris has never spent a single minute at the two. And I was looking at his uh, his splits the other day. He hasn't even spent a minute at small forward, which surprised me. I thought him and Marcus both flip-flop between the small forward and power forward. I know Marquise has played primarily p- power forward for, like, the majority of his career. But I thought there would have had to have been at least a few occasions uh, where, you know, on... on the sons or the wizards where they just didn't have enough talent and threw him out on the wing.
0: Well, it's funny looking at basketball reference. As you said that I looked up to see, they have the position estimates. I don't know if that's where you look to, to yeah. find this. They, uh, they had him playing point guard for every one of his 15 minutes last night. Um, <laughs> so maybe that's what uh, Vogel is going off of, but, uh, no, I I, I kind of gave a little side glance when I read that Vogel comment to the two through five part. Um, <laughs> I mean, they've obviously been pretty liberal with what they consider different positions and whatnot, because I guess LeBron's kind of been a point guard all year, but they've yeah. played two guards with him. So um, I don't know. that That was kind of weird to read. I don't even really know how you would go about making a lineup that – would have Marquise Morris as a shooting guard, <laughs> especially like, with
1: the depth they have at both guard positions.
0: I guess you're playing him with LeBron and AD and Dwight or JaVale. um, which is weird. I didn't read a whole lot into it. I don't <laughs> even re- maybe because I'm scared of what it might mean because I don't even understand how that would work. I, I thought he was. Decent, I mean, he said he was pretty tired, which understandably so considering how long it's been since he's really, really played and probably played at a a high level like that game was being played at. Um, But I think one of the couple of the things he, there's a certain amount of toughness I thought he, or I think he brings that was apparent. I think he had a big block. I don't remember who it is against, but he blocked someone um, as they drove down the lane and he just kind of I think Pete uh was the one that said he just kind of jacks people up. Like he just it was one of maybe Jaleel Okafor on like a, a free throw, he just like went into his body real hard, just as like a hey, I'm here type of thing. Yeah. Um it's that kind of stuff that I think we'll really see the benefits of in the playoffs. Um and then he shoots without any hesitation, which uh, is always going to be good, especially if he can keep up his shooting percentages he was at coming in, basically 40% shooter coming into L.A. So if he can keep that up and keep shooting without hesitation, I think uh, I think it'll work out. I like the idea of moving Kuzma to the wing, um, especially because I think Morris can handle a lot of those bigger guys a bit better. And we saw on Sunday – a little bit of Kuzma guarding a guy like Tatum where he physically can match up with him a little bit better and offer a little bit of resistance nobody was really stopping Tatum on Sunday but he had that one big block and he can stay in front of guys like that and whatnot we saw earlier in the year against uh, Russ he played I mean that was his best defensive game of his life but Mm -hmm he can stay in front of guys like that versus battling some of the bigger guys. So I'm optimistic about how it'll work. Um, I like Morris. I still think they're probably one piece away from me being really comfortable um, with, with them heading into the playoffs. But I think the Morris signing will be helpful. Is that
1: one piece that you're thinking of um, Dion waiters? Cause that's, that's the only name they've been like credibly linked to within recent weeks other than i guess jr smith uh, i don't know if that meeting ever happened uh but i apparently I saw they...
0: on twitter somebody had taken a screenshot from like his instagram that was like they asked some lakers or clippers and he said oh yeah neither, neither, neither of them reached has, out to me has yeah. called me yet
1: i did see that and that's a surprise to me. I think I've been in the minority and I may have even said it on this show at the beginning of the season that if J.R. Smith is anywhere near the player he was two years ago. Um, my, my, I think my hot take was he'd be better than every shooting guard on the team other than Danny green. Um, and while I think KCP has, you know, improved the ton since then, uh, I, I don't know if I'd stand by that, but I do think, he'd still be one of the better shooting guards on the team uh but i mean if he's been a free agent this long it's either because teams have such a bad taste in their mouth because of you know the soup incident and which sounds funny just saying the soup incident about it everybody NBA
0: knows exactly what you're <laughs> talking about
1: um you know, the nba finals kerfuffle with with the shot clock winding down uh or he's just he's just washed is, is the other is the other um like possibility.
0: So I was actually having this conversation uh with some friends earlier tonight. I'm I'm for just kind of risking it and signing one of those guys if it if the cost is just Troy Daniels. Yeah. Because right now, I mean realistically, Troy Daniels isn't gonna play. Um, He played a bit during the season, basically, when there were injuries um, or if they really needed a three-point shooter. But come playoff time, I'd be surprised if he was ever really going to see any minutes anyway. Um, And so why not risk it for guys like Deion Waiters or J.R. Smith, who have much, much higher ceilings than Troy Daniels is going to have, yeah. Um, I think right now I would lean more towards Dion than J.R. Smith. Um, I'm mainly just worried that Jr. Smith is just washed because he's been out of the league for quite a while now. Um, but then again, Dion hasn't played a ton the last couple seasons. Um, he's actually not played more than 46 games since 2015-16. Um but I don't I, I don't know that either of them are really the answer I think that was the original question is I don't know that either one of them is really the the answer the the guy I still covet most deeply is uh mo Harkless if we if the Lakers got him I would feel so 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 much better um but it's worth going after Dion or Jar Smith like there's they're Really, really good scores, and they score differently than Troy Daniels does. Troy Daniels is basically kind of a standstill, spot-up, um, just catch-and-shoot type of guy where Dion Waiters and J.R. Smith can score on the move a bit more. They can um, create their own shot a little bit and can hit contested shots, and they've played in bigger games. Um, particularly Jr. Smith has. he. I mean, all the memes are warranted a lot of times, especially that finals, which I'll <laughs> never get over. But, like, he hit some huge shots for those Cavs teams right. during all of those finals runs. Um, and he was always out there to close games. He was a staple in those lineups. Um, so if he isn't washed and if he is able to contribute, like 100%, I think he is worth a spot. Um, that's mainly my question with him is that he hasn't played since early last season um, and he's just been out of the league. His last game was November 19th of 2018. Um, so we're closing in on like 14, 15 months since he's played an NBA game. Um I think we saw with LaMelo, or not LaMelo, uh, Carmelo. (laughs) Carmelo. (laughs) Uh, I only ever really think about one Melo. We saw with Carmelo that uh, you can be out of the league for a while and still come in and contribute. Carmelo has done so much better than I would have anticipated, and he's like a legitimate contributor. So I wouldn't write off J.R. Smith entirely, but I think if the price, like I said, if the price is – Cutting Troy Daniels, and I'm fine with giving one of these two guys a shot um, just to see maybe they're maybe they still can contribute and maybe they give this team another boost Um, because I do still think they could use some shooting. I'm not entirely convinced uh, come playoff time that this team has enough shooting. Um, And one of these two guys, or I don't know that there's many other shooters that are going to be on the market. Um, over these two that could really improve this team. So I'm, I'm for giving one of the two or yeah, one of the two of a shot. Yeah. I think right now, I think
1: the Lakers need scoring more than shooting. If that makes sense. Like Troy Daniels is a pure shooter. I think he's near or at 40% from behind the arc for his career, which is great. It's just that, don't know how much he can be counted on in a playoff series, and that's the type of guys you need if if you're a title contending team like the Lakers. Uh, and that's why I think Jr. Smith has the edge a little bit over Dion Waiters. Uh, like like you said, it's been it's been a minute since he's played, uh, but when he's contributed, he's contributed at the highest level. Um, but ultimately, whether it's Jr. Jr. or Dion, um, I think the Lakers would benefit from having somebody has kind of a scorer's first mentality. I know the, the, the frustrating thing about Rondo is that when he doesn't overthink his dribbles um, and, you know, just it, it takes too long with the ball, he attacks the rim and, and he's not a terrible player. Like, I think we saw in that in that game against the Suns earlier this month He was just making decisions pretty quickly, and and he looked like a championship-level player, like a a guy the Lakers could really use in the playoffs, somebody that attacks the basket, makes plays for others, and plays serviceable defense. Um, I mean, that game against Boston might have been his best, like, defensive performance of his Lakers career. Like, that was incredible. The low ball. Right. (laughs) Uh, and, and I think having a guy like Dion or Jr that you can just sub in, um, you know, get you a few quick baskets when, when the offense is just growing stagnant is going to be great for them. Uh, and that's, that's really what I like about Quinn Cook too. Like say what you will about him. Um, he's a little small, he gets pushed around on defense pretty easily, but he's another guy who's contributed to an NBA finals team. And you think back to that series against the Raptors last season, Quinn Cook, came up big in, in some moments. And specifically, I think it was game three, uh, the fourth quarter, he just went off. Um, so Mm -hmm. I think having more guys like that can't, can't hurt them. And I, I just don't think, and I think you'd agree that Troy Daniels just isn't that guy.
0: To steal a, a, I guess, phrase from, uh, Bill Simmons when he isn't complaining about the referees. Um, (laughs) The I I rolled my eyes so hard at that on Sunday. Um t- but Dion and jr Smith are irrational confidence guys. And I think you need those types of guys. The guys who think that every shot they make is gonna go in. Or right. like I know I think it was Kevin Durant was telling stories about how Dion Waiters honestly thinks he's the best player <laughs> on the court at any given time. And those types of guys can win you series and win you games in the playoffs. And like, um, so I, I, I don't know that the Lakers really have one of those guys right now. Um, and it's not necessarily that you have to have one, but it, it wouldn't hurt. And especially again, Troy Daniels is probably the 12th man right now. So, if that's all it's going to cost, I think it's worth trying to bring one of these guys on and uh, and finding out. Because yeah, I think uh, those are the types of guys that can can turn turn games for you and in, in the playoffs. If you can just steal one game, it entirely changes the outlook on a series and, and could change the playoffs entirely.
1: Yeah, it's so funny that you say that because I mean, look what Jordan Clarkson's done to the oh Utah my Jazz. God and and i think it's weird that a team with mike conley has to lean on jordan clarkson for shot creation like i i can't think of a time a player that was so good the season before just struggled so much in in what was seemingly a perfect situation
0: i would have never in a million years guessed this is how the conley uh acquisition would have went in uh, utah cuz like Everything made sense. I was legitimately worried about that team. Oh, I thought, same. Yeah. uh Yeah. I thought Conley and Mitchell were going to be one of the best backcourts in the league. Um, I mean, injuries have done a ton of damage to Conley, but like, he just hasn't fit in. Um, he was getting booed, I guess, by the home fans tonight. Yeah. Um, it's rough. It's honestly rough to watch because like Conley's such a good guy. And, mm-hmm. um, it's not like he's doing anything to stick out like he's trying, but I mean, Clarkson's another kind of perfect example of one of those irrational confidence guys. He can get hot for a stretch and he helped carry that Utah team for a while when Conley was hurt. So I mean, those are the types of guys that you can use in a a playoff series or a playoff run.
1: It's never not Jordan Clarkson time for Jordan Clarkson. And I have a (laughs) theory that the closer he is to LA nightlife, obviously he's not in LA, Ooh, but the closer he is
0: interesting,
1: in proximity, he just gets more powerful. Like, the that way Superman gets his power from the sun, Jordan Clarkson gets from, like, LA nightclubs. Or he's just, like, he has nothing to do in Utah but work on his game. So he's, That's he a theory I've been
0: going on, is that he just has nothing to do, and he has to be in the gym, but your LA nightlife theory that would make some sense that's interesting <laughs> cuz he was bad in cleveland <laughs> yeah and uh, he was he was at his peak in LA so that's interesting i might be able to get behind that
1: uh is is there anybody else out there that comes to mind that you just think could be that missing piece for for the lakers i don't know has, has jeff green's
0: 10 day expired yet uh, no, I think it's the end of this week. Cause I had looked when there were kind of fears that Mark Keith Morris was going to go to Houston. Yeah. Um, cause they didn't actually sign him until like the day of their first game after the all-star break. Um, so I still think he has a while. Um, after that, I mean, Jeff Green played well enough already that I would give him a shot. Um, because I think, I think their biggest need is a kind of a wing guy like that. Um, after that though, like there's not really anyone left out there worth really getting any sort of excited over. Um, I, I mean, ideally I would still like some type of shot creator, but there's nobody left out there. At this point, you might as well just give the minutes to Quinn Cook before you try something else. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'm still surprised by Detroit being so married to Derrick Rose. Yeah, that's like a- I- weird. I- came out today. I think Windhorse said it on a podcast that basically the Lakers called and asked about Derrick Rose. And the Pistons are like, thanks, but no thanks. We want to keep them around. And it's like, it's 2020 and you guys are like bad. Like, what are you doing? Um, So I don't really understand why they're so married to him. But I mean, there isn't really any other point guard out there. At this point in the year, if you're a free agent, like there's a reason. The only other name I can (laughs) even really think of as a notable free agent is Jamal Crawford and No, thank you. I don't want that. So
1: It's remarkable how many, like, Lakers fans have been in my mentions asking if I think Jamal Crawford is the answer. And I'm like, the Lakers have the fifth best defensive rating in the NBA right now. I don't know if Jamal Crawford, even under defensive-minded head coaches or coaches like Frank Vogel and Lionel Hollins, He's going to buy in at nearly 40, or is is he over 40?
0: Um, I just had it pulled up. He, oh, he's 39. It'd be his 20th, yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, it'd be his 20th season. Yeah,
1: I, so, yeah, Jamal, Jamal Crawford, I loved him while he was a player. It's like, it's really fun watching him and guys like Nick Young play in the Drew League just because, like, they can create their own shot and they're they're really fun to watch it's just on a on a championship contending team he just he doesn't do it so i'm sorry jamal
0: i like jamal crawford i like watching him play on other teams but he's not going to solve any issues that uh he wouldn't solve more issues than he would create with the lakers um He's just not what the team needs. Uh, I don't even really think you could play him and LeBron together because Jamal Crawford basically needs the wall. Um, At all (laughs) times. Yeah. So I don't even really think that there's an avenue where he could even really play all that much. So, no, I don't. Jamal Crawford is – there's no chance. So, I mean, really for me, the only other guy worth watching is Mo Harkless and considering where – days away from the buyout deadline and there still isn't really any movement um from new york which i still find really surprising even if it is his hometown team but um if he gets bought out i, w- I would want the lakers there right away but after that i guess just give dion and jr smith a shot
1: yeah and i think the hope is like it it To your point, it doesn't sound like Mo Harkless is getting bought out, which is so strange. Like, you figured four or five games in a Knicks uniform, get your family some tickets, enjoy that experience, and then bounce would be enough. But I don't, I guess he likes playing there. (laughs) Like, I guess he really likes watching Dennis Smith Jr., like, fumble the ball off of his feet. And
0: I see, I don't want to speak too much on what's what he would like to do but to me it's like he only has a finite amount of years left of being a contributor on a contending team yeah the Knicks are always going to be there and honestly they're probably always going to be this bad yeah so like if it were me I would I did I mean yeah like you said play a couple games get some tickets get your pictures in your Knicks jersey play in Madison Square Garden get bought out and go play for a contender. Cause like he probably doesn't have a whole lot of, whole lot of many years left uh, doing that. And again, he would be, if the Lakers signed him, like who I would feel so good about this team going into the playoffs.
1: Same. And I think, I think Kyle Kuzma would be a little worried about his minutes though. Cause
0: <laughs> yeah, if... it'd, it'd be interesting then because he would assuming Keefe is playing the four, like, He's directly competing with Kuzma for minutes in.
1: And and he's even competing for minutes with him right now. Like if if Kyle Kuzma doesn't thrive at his quote unquote natural position at the three where he feels most comfortable, there's a scenario where Markeith Morris plays 25 minutes per game and Kyle Kuzma gets demoted to that 15 minutes per game role. And that would be super interesting. And I think it would boil into next summer a little bit.
0: Um I will say Kuzma played really well, I thought, against Boston. He didn't mm-hmm. play very well against the Pelicans. Like, at um,
1: all. Like, so bad. Like, him and Rondo were unplayable.
0: Yeah, and their plus-minuses are very indicative of that. But, uh, I don't know, that's just been kind of the M.O. with Kuzma this year. Is a good game followed by a bad game. And, to be honest, like, I've defended Kuzma and whatnot, but it's playoff time, and you need consistency. So if Keith is coming in there and giving a consistent 15 to 20 minutes a night, like, sorry, Kuz, you had your 70 plus games to try to get it figured out. Um, give Keith the minutes. Cause that, that championship window is now and, yeah. uh, and they can't let it slip. So yeah, uh, Kuz is on the hottest of hot seats at this point.
1: Lakers, Warriors tomorrow, no LeBron James. <laughs> Jacob,
0: how do you feel about that game? Uh honestly, I think they could probably sit AD as well and still win the game. But they uh, yeah, AD's listed as probable
1: right now because he hit his elbow on the backboard.
0: <laughs> I've I would never nickel, hit my... if I had a nickel for every time I did that, man. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I've I I can honestly say I've never hit my my elbow on the backboard or honestly like my finger. Like that has not <laughs> happened once.
0: Uh, uh, but yeah. I, I agree. once got up and smacked the backboard. Um <laughs> so really there's only like what's that probably six, eight inches difference between eighties vertical and mine.
1: Yeah, only, only that.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's not I mean that's really the only difference between us.
1: I agree. Um so yeah, it's it, it'll be um. I don't I don't know what's on what's what's on TV tomorrow. Oh, Thursdays are like the day for TV. So Brooklyn Nine Nine, go watch if, that instead. Yeah, <laughs> if the game gets boring, just flip the channel. Lakers will be all right if uh if their viewership for a nationally televised televised <laughs> game against the worst team in the league, I think they'll be okay. Um, and I yeah, I just don't know if Andrew Wiggins is gonna be the the difference maker in that game with LeBron James
0: out. I watched them play the Pelicans. uh, The Warriors play the Pelicans earlier this week. And I'm, I legitimately do not know like half of the Warriors roster. Like I was just kind of getting it figured out before the trade deadline. And then they traded away a couple guys and signed a whole bunch of guys I've never heard of. And it was like, where the hell is this? Like, I consider myself a fairly knowledgeable fan and (laughs) someone who follows college basketball and whatnot. And I'm like, I have never heard of this guy in my life. Like it was just that repeatedly for 48 minutes watching the Warriors.
1: It's like Kai Bowman, Damian Lee, Eric Paschal, Curry coming back.
0: Those guys. Yeah. Those guys. I know it was like when they started getting into like some of these, like, uh, Juan Toscano Anderson and uh, there was one other guy, um, Smoligic or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, like those two. I was like, the I, who are Michael Mulder was someone that they kept mentioning. I'm like, who are these guys? <laughs> so you're feeling good about a win? Feeling very great about a win.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, let's uh, let's hope uh, the Lakers don't lose uh, until the next time we talk. But until then, uh, we will see you all. Or I guess not. Um you will hear us. To you. You'll hear from us uh next week. Uh and um yeah, we'll see you then.